Hi, welcome to the Health and Wellness Center Wellness Podcast. My name is Jessica Green. I'm the wellness coordinator here. And today I will be speaking with the director of counseling services, Maria Cavanaugh. She's going to tell us a little bit more about the services they offer over in counseling, as well as what a first visit is like. Hi, Maria. Welcome. Hi, Jess. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited that you're doing this podcast. Um, just a little bit about me. I'm, I'm a licensed independent clinical social worker, and I've been blessed and thrilled to be working at Stonehill for 17 years. Um, and I've gotten to meet with many, many students in my time here. Um, and I'm happy to be able to promote our services more through your podcast. So thanks for having me today. Of course. Happy to have you here. Yeah. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about counseling services. Uh, where is it located? Sure. We're located over in the Chapel of Mary building. Um, once you go into the chapel, you'll see our office in the far left corner, kind of near the restrooms. Um, if you have ever caught a Stonehill tour, you might have heard the tour guide refer to us as the Happy, Healthy, Holy building. Um, that's because the offices that support the mind, body, and spirit, such as counseling services, health services, and campus ministry are all located within the Chapel of Mary building. So that's a, a great way to remember where we're located. That's great. I have heard them mention that too. That's funny. Happy, <laughs> Healthy, Holy. I'll yeah. remember that. Thank you. No problem. Um, so how would I go about making an appointment if I was a student? I'm glad you asked this because it's important to know that our services are appointment-based. Um, you can set up an initial intake appointment in one of two ways. Uh, you could either call our main number, and that's 508-565-1331, or you can stop by our front desk during our business hours of Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. to schedule your future appointment. Our office manager, Caroline Esther, is super nice, super welcoming, and she would be happy to assist you. You will need to provide some information, such as your name, a date of birth, your class year, and some contact information should we need to reach you. We do ask that students set up their own appointments so we can ensure this is something they are choosing to do themselves. Um, so, you know, when you think about it that way, we really can't allow family members, faculty, staff, or friends to set up an appointment on a student's behalf. We want to know that this is something the student's choosing to do and that um, they're, they're wanting to come in and consenting to our services. That's great. I know I've also um, encouraged students to, you know, contact counseling mm -hmm. services and either encourage them to, you know, pick up the phone when they're um, talking with me or, or I've heard of students walking their friends Absolutely. over so that they don't have to make the walk alone. Yeah. That's really comforting. You can always support someone in making an appointment um, and helping them access us. Um, you just can't make it for them, but Absolutely. I know you've referred many students throughout the years and we've always appreciated you sending students our way. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Um, now, how would I make an appointment if I need to speak with someone urgently? I know you guys get must get busy throughout mm -hmm. the year and must um, have to book out at some points, but what if I need more of like an urgent, like I need sure. to talk to someone today? It is true that at some points during the year, as you can imagine, some of those higher stress points of the year um, during midterms, um, during finals, sometimes we can book out a little bit, but life is unpredictable and sometimes students do need to be seen urgently. Um, I want to clarify first, though, if a student's experiencing an emergency, um, they really should be calling 911 um, or campus police at 508-565-5555 if they are on campus. Um, first responders are trained in mental health emergencies and can help students best determine the appropriate course of action to support them in those situations. Um, if you're not experiencing an acute emergency but you feel you'd benefit from being seen urgently at our office, um, let's say you have an appointment but it's a week out, or let's say you call to make an appointment and that next intake is a week out, you can then say, I actually think I need to be seen urgently. 
We do have urgent slots available throughout the week reserved just for those types of situations. And our office manager, Carol Ann, can review with you when the next available urgent slot is should you request an urgent slot. You do not have to explain why, as I said, but sometimes students then ask us, like, how do I know if it's urgent? So sometimes uh, students request urgent appointments for a variety of reasons, including if they're experiencing a crisis such as an impairment in functioning, maybe they have been missing a lot of classes or they're not sleeping, um, a need for stabilization, um, maybe they're having panic attacks multiple times a day and, and really feeling a lot of disruption from their anxiety. Maybe they have some safety concerns or they may be in need of short-term problem-solving strategies for a time-sensitive dilemma. That's so comforting knowing that that is an option. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I'm wondering if I was to go see a counselor, you know, myself being a professional, I'd have to make an appointment in the community and there'd be a cost associated mm-hmm. with that. I'm curious, is there a cost associated with seeing counseling services here at Stonehill? Um, I'm really glad you asked that because that question comes up a lot. Um, you're right. If I were to go to um, a counselor in my home community, maybe in a private practice, there would be a cost associated with that that either I would pay or perhaps my health insurance would cover. But here on campus, our services are already covered by the fees that students are paying to be part of the Stonehill community as part of their enrollment. Um, so there's no additional fees or costs collected for students who are seen in counseling services. Our, our services, like I said, are part of their enrollment fees. However, if students need referral off campus to a different provider, maybe they're looking for something different than we can provide, or maybe they have a specialty need and we feel that um, they'd be better served by a specialist or a treatment program, um, or if they have prescriptions to fill or need labs or testing done, it is important to know up front that any of those types of referrals will go the traditional route and be billed to the student or their insurance. Um, and we can help explain all this at intake at the initial appointment when we kind of go over consent and, and our services. That's great. Thank you. Um, I was also wondering, sometimes students are hesitant sometimes to seek counseling because they're not sure, you know, who's going to find out, my parents know, my professors know. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about who might find out if I go to counseling? This is a really common concern, especially because, you know, prior to coming to college, you know, most students are under that 18-year-old threshold um, before college, and oftentimes their parents are involved a lot in their me- um, mental health, their medical care, their um, educational um, needs. Um, so that, that switch in college where the student's really in the driver's seat and, and gets to determine a lot of their privacy boundaries can be a change for students and their families. It's important to know that because of laws around privacy and ethics associated with our licenses, counseling is strictly confidential. Um, that means that if a faculty or a staff member, a friend, a family member, or even another provider like the, a, the student's primary care doctor. If any of those parties want to consult about a student's counseling, we could not share any specific information without a signed release of information giving us permission. There are some exceptions to confidentiality, and we always go over this at intake before a student starts the process. Um, the exceptions typically have to do with safety, so if, if we think the student might be at imminent risk of harming themselves or others, um, if they're describing a situation involving the abuse of a child, elderly, or disabled person, or in situations where there might be a court order for records, there are some specific scenarios such as those where um, confidentiality does not apply. Um, but we always go through informed consent with students at the first session. So they have a clear understanding of those limits. 
That's really freeing, knowing that you're in control as a student of your own um, confidentiality and what information you want released for yeah. the most part. That's a lot great. of students find yeah. great comfort in that, knowing that it's a safe space. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so speaking of which, who else works at Counseling? Tell me a little bit about your staff who's yeah. there. I am fortunate to have amazing colleagues, both outside of counseling like you and in counseling with the other clinicians. Um, In our office, we have five full-time clinicians um, who are trained in social work, mental health, counseling, or psychology. So those five full-time include me. Um, We have a full-time office manager who I mentioned before, Carol Ann. Uh, We also have a psychiatric nurse practitioner who comes in one day per week during the academic year, and she can be available for medication consultation for students who see us for counseling. We also have three graduate-level interns. Um, I always like to explain these aren't Stonehill College interns, although we have wonderful Stonehill College students who intern elsewhere. Um, but these are um, usually um, graduate students from local programs getting their master's in social work or their master's in mental health counseling who are completing their um, clinical, advanced clinical training, final year training with us, and they're with us for an entire academic year. That's great. Thank yeah. you. Um, so I know that some first-year students may be listening to this and maybe thinking, oh, well, I see a counselor at home. Should I continue that relationship? What are your thoughts on that? I think that's a really personal decision. Um, if a student lives locally and they have a great relationship with their counselor from home and it's possible to get home, there's no requirement that they have to switch to us Um and it may not be necessary for them, um, but many students like to have a foot in our door, know, get to know us a little bit, or their counselor's too far from home, and they'd like to continue some of their work at college, in which case we're a great option for them. Um, we like to work closely with providers from home, so we'll often ask students if they they can sign that release so that we can get the, um, some background information or share information to promote continuity of care. Um, if a student has a provider at home, but they're going to be working us with us during the school year, we do recommend that they maybe have an occasional check-in with their provider at home so then they can pick up with that person over school breaks. Um, We also recommend that if a student utilizes our prescriber, our psychiatric nurse practitioner, that they keep a prescriber at home with whom they're connected um, for coverage over breaks as well. Yeah, that's right. Winter break and summer break come up real fast, so it's important to have that coverage, too. They they do, Jess, and they're pretty long breaks, Mm -hmm. and um, it's important for students to realize that some prescriptions cannot be written or filled by out-of-state providers, depending on what the medication is and where the location of the student and the provider are. Oh, okay. So that's all stuff we can help the student figure out. That's great. Thank you. So kind of thinking about, like, why someone would um, go to counseling, uh, what are some reasons why students might, um, you know, enter into counseling here at Stonehill? What are some, you know reasons why they would benefit from counseling. You know, I appreciate you asking this because often students are curious about ways we can be helpful um, to them. Students seek us out for support for a large range of reasons. Um, So I'll give you a few of those. Um, This isn't going to be a complete list because really the possibilities are endless um, in the ways that students can kind of come in and talk to us. Um, But we might see a student for topics related to adjustment, identity exploration, anxiety, depression, trauma, relationship concerns, and stress management or time management. Um, Typically, individual counseling is on a short-term goal-oriented basis, and after the intake period, um, usually students are seen on a bi-weekly, that means every other week, basis in our office. That's great. I know there are a lot of things that might pop up, and so if a student's thinking, you know, should I go, shouldn't I go, I think it's always best bet to say, you know, try it and see if it, you know, works out. Absolutely. And it never hurts to, to go talk to someone, you know, with an objective opinion and who can help out. Sounds good. 
Great. Um, so talking about that first appointment, what might a student experience during their first appointment? I know sometimes that's also a barrier, like what is, what is it going to be like or what are they going to ask me? What kinds of things happen during that first appointment? Could you kind of explain that a little bit? Great question. I think a lot of times when students picture counseling, if they have a mental image of counseling, they might picture, you know, someone laying across a couch and doing a lot of talking. Um, and that's that's really not at all what a first appointment looks like. Um, we don't have any couches, although we have some really comfortable, really comfortable chairs. Um, so um, we try to have a welcoming and comfortable environment for the students. Um, we call the first appointment an intake. Um, during which time we usually ask the student to fill out some forms first, which might include background information, um, and then we review our informed consent form with them. We, we further explain confidentiality and its limits. Um, we give the students a lot of information about our services and the types of things we can be helpful with or when we may need to refer the students on to other providers. Um, and then we go through a variety of questions and, and have conversations with them to learn more about the student and then understand what they are hoping to work on or change through the counseling process. Um, at the end of that intake se session, we'd make some recommendations or give some feedback on how counseling might be helpful or what are the types of ways we can help them through counseling. Or like I said, if we're not the appropriate resource, maybe help them connect with what the appropriate resource might be. That's great. Thank you. No so could you explain a little more um, what happens in counseling? I know the first appointment you just went over, mm -hmm. but um, maybe at the second or third appointment, what would a counseling session look like then? Sure. I mean, the, the, the flow of the session might depend a little bit on the student and the counselor styles. Um, you know, you might have already noticed I'm a pretty chatty person. Um, and so, you know, we try to really meet the student where they're at and, and the pace and the amount of talking that's comfortable for, the, for each individual student. Um, typically, counseling is a safe space for clients to explore areas of distress in their lives and consider ways um, of coping with their distress or gain skills to make some changes to best promote their well-being and functioning in general. Um, I, you know, there's a helpful definition from the American Counseling Association, um, and, you know, rather than paraphrase it, I'm just going to read it directly because I, I like their definition. Um, what they have up on their website is that counseling is a collaborative effort between the counselor and client. Professional counselors help clients identify goals and potential solutions to problems which cause emotional turmoil, seek to improve communication and coping skills, strengthen self-esteem, and promote behavior change and optimal mental health. So I think that really summarizes it in a nutshell, um, what counseling can provide and what you'll be working on in subsequent sessions. That's great. I know you guys really promote um, healthy coping skills, and that's one of the things that I talk to students about is when they come in here, sometimes our coping skills are not so great, and sometimes they, we need to add to our coping skills, things like how do we manage stress, take care of ourselves, right. mental well-being. So I love that you guys work on that with them as well. You know, and in different stages of our lives, yeah. we may need different coping skills. Absolutely. Something that worked really well for us at home or that was really accessible at home might be something that's like not as accessible or easy to do in this environment. And we might need to find an alternative and vice versa. You know, we might use something really well in this environment, but need to adapt the coping skill for home. So, you know, even if we have good coping skills, we can always fine tune them or, or think more proactively about what our needs are going to be. That's great. So if I'm a student and I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, I'm not sure if I could benefit from counseling or not, um, what would you recommend to them? 
I would say come check us out. Um, at an intake, we'd share with you feedback on how counseling could be helpful, and you could then make a decision on how to proceed. You're not required to continue if you've come in for an intake, but it's a great way um, to familiarize yourself with us and our services, and also to have a foot in the door should you choose to come in at a later point. Um, if you if we feel you might benefit from a different support service, such as a medical professional, a dietitian, or an academic support service, to just name a few, we'd certainly help connect you with the appropriate resources. Um, we've had students who have come to us looking to get involved. We've referred them to your office, to health and wellness, to get connected. We've had students having difficulty um, navigating coursework, needing extensions. We've helped connect them to academic services. We'll often help connect students to the Office of Accessibility Resources if they have a disability and are in need of um, accessibility, accessible accommodations. So um, we can really help a student kind of figure out best next steps. That's great. Yeah, there are a lot of resources here, and sometimes I feel like they're underutilized, so it's really important to have that access to referrals. Absolutely. We also have some really helpful students. We do look out for one another. I always say during orientation, this is a family. We look out for one another, and I feel like our students um, recognize when their friends are going through a time of distress, but sometimes are unsure of how to help or what to do. So what do you think um, you should do if you think a friend could benefit from counseling? Um, that's a question we get often. Um, and, you know, throughout the year, I know your office does some trainings that can help students, um, such as QPR, which stands for Question, Persuade, Refer. Um, and how often do you offer that, Jeff? So that's monthly, definitely at least once a month we offer QPR. It's a, um, a gatekeeper course, so it's one hour, um, and it just introduces the topic of suicide prevention, the signs that someone may be in distress, and then how to ask that question. Are you thinking of... Um, committing suicide, and then also how to make a referral if you're worried about someone. Thank you for sharing that, and I'm really, mm. really um, pleased that your office offers that. Absolutely. I know both of our offices also collaborate to provide a lot of trainings for student leadership groups, such as the peer mentors and the RAs and your peer health educators. So we have some ways that we're kind of training student leaders, but oftentimes a student in just the friend role, not necessarily a student leader role, wants to kind of help encourage um, a peer come into counseling. Um, and there's a few things that the students can do in those situations. Often, um, let's say you're the student, Jess, often expressing your concern and offering to help a friend look up our website or offering to walk the friend over to set up an appointment can be enough to help them connect. I mean, sometimes they just need that, that warm encouragement, and, and oftentimes that can just be the way to get them connected. Um, if that doesn't seem to be working, other ways can be consulting with additional friends, maybe um, having other friends intervene, family members, or even your resident director going through our residence life office, expressing your concerns to your RD or the student's RD, um, and talking out options with the RD for how to get the student connected can be um, a great way to get support, especially if you feel like their needs are maybe a bit out of the realm of your friend role. Um, and RDs, our RDs are wonderful and, and valuable resources for our students in this way. I also want to let you know you're welcome to consult with us in counseling services if you're looking for some communication or tips or strategies on how to express your concerns to a friend and encourage them to seek help. You can kind of come talk that out with us. Um, attending trainings like QPR that you mentioned um, or some of the awareness events throughout the year, such as when you have um, Body Awareness Week and different events where there's panels on resources and tips. Those can all be great events to, to kind of learn how to help. Um, and last, I want to mention some online resources. Um, there's a great website sponsored by the JED Foundation. Now, the JED Foundation 
Foundation is an organization that um, really specializes in college mental health and suicide prevention, substance abuse um, awareness, and they have um, one of their sub-websites is called seizetheawkward.org, and um, just like the name suggests, it kind of helps us embrace how to have some of those difficult or awkward conversations um, around expressing our concern to someone and suggesting counseling. Um, so that those are all ways that you can support a friend in need. I think that's great that you pointed that out um, because sometimes I feel students do feel that they're taking on a burden more than what they can handle and they're trying to be there to support their friend but sometimes it's starting to interfere with their everyday life like their ability to get their work done or get sleep or they're you know worried about their friend a lot and that's probably at the point when they definitely need to make that referral. We want to make sure that our students aren't many little counselors themselves. They're, they're a referral. They're to help their friend and you guys are the uh, resources. So make, being able to make that referral I think is really important. So hopefully anyone listening out there right now will know that um, that is an, a really good option and to learn more um, by seeking your services. I think knowing the resources and knowing there are multiple ways you can get students connected is very empowering for our students so they don't feel alone or Absolutely. isolated if they're worried about Absolutely. a friend. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Thank you. So you talked a little bit about this, but what are some benefits of going to counseling? Oh, great. Um, so counseling can help students in a lot of ways, um, you know, and some of this I did mention before, but, you know, just want to highlight, it could really help students improve their self-care, such as time management, sleep hygiene, stress management strategies. Um, students can work on improving their mood if they're having low mood or depressed mood. They can work on self-esteem um, in counseling, um, and we can also be helpful in decreasing anxiety, um, whether students doing a lot of worrying and ruminating or they're having physical anxiety symptoms, panic attacks. Um, those are all things that we can kind of help them navigate and find strategies to improve. Um, additionally, we can also provide support and guidance on developing healthy coping strategies. So um, how do I take care of myself when I'm upset? How do I take care of myself when I feel overwhelmed? What are some things I can do to soothe myself? Or if I'm feeling restless and anxious, how can I really channel that en energy in, in a a helpful way um, to promote my well-being. Um, we can help students think of the coping strategies that are best for them. Um, students also utilize us for support around lifestyle changes, around a health-related um, behavior or a personal habit, such as in areas like substance use or dietary habits. Um, if they're looking to make a change, um, we can kind of support them through that. Maybe a student's looking to reduce how much they're drinking, or maybe a student's been working with the dietitian um, to increase um, what they're eating, but they can use some additional support on our end from the counseling side of things on, on managing some of their emotions around that. So um, there's a lot of different ways we can be helpful. Um, last, I just want to mention that many students also find counseling helpful around periods of change, whether it's a potentially exciting change, such as preparing for like maybe a study abroad experience, because even exciting changes can be stressful and, and bring on some anxiety. Um, or it could be a difficult adjustment. Maybe a student's had um, a recent change in their family or a breakup or even a recent loss and they're going through the grief process. Um, those are all things that counseling um, can be a support and, and help them navigate. Wow, that's really helpful. Thank you so much. And I know you mentioned earlier that your hours were typically 8.30 to 4.30. So I'm just curious if a student 
um, was in distress uh, either after hours or on the weekends, what should they do? How should they reach out for help? Great question. Um, so, yeah, as, as we mentioned, we're open Monday through Friday, 830 to 4.30, which are the college's official business hours. Um, but after hours, students should call 911 um, if they're off campus. Or if they're on campus, they can call um, Campus Dispatch at 508-565-5555 if they're in significant distress. If they're on campus, either a campus police officer or a resident director will assist the student in accessing the appropriate support. So oftentimes, if they call through dispatch, um, dispatch might consult with maybe the resident director on duty um, and um, determine who's the best party to, to sort of check in with the student, and then they'll determine next steps from there. The next steps might be that the um, counselor on call gets accessed. It might be another support service. Uh, it might be that even just in talking to the RD or campus police, um, the student's feeling better, and that um, a resolution has been made. So, some, Or if needed, they can also help the student access the emergency room or other emergency services if needed. That's great. Thank you so much. This is so helpful. I hope that students out there listening have a more clear description about what counseling services is and hopefully we'll um, take up your services sometime in the near future. Um, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and uh, I'd love to have you come back again sometime to talk about things. I so think this is a great resource and I'm really glad you're doing this. You know, I also just want to mention that, you know, you have a great website up with a lot of different resources available on it. So I would encourage students to check out your site and then um, our website is, it's long, so it might just be easier to go to the Google, search bar yeah. and the Stonehill um, search bar and just um, type in counseling services and we're in the office directory as well. Um, but I just wanted to mention that on our website, we also have a self-help section mm. and there's some great online resources that are available that you students can also check out. So if a student was feeling like they needed to talk to someone urgently in the middle of the night, but they, they didn't think it was necessarily like an emergency. Um, we have some information about some great hotlines and text lines. Um, if in need, um, one of them is a Jed Foundation um, resource, U Lifeline. Um, another one is a Suicide Prevention Lifeline um, for our students who identify as trans. There's Trans Lifeline. And we have a few different other resources listed as well. Um, for the sake of the podcast, I'm not going to rattle off all the, all we'll the, check websites the websites and the numbers, <laughs> but I just want you to go to the self-help section of our website and you'll see the contact info for all those sites as well as if they have hotlines or text lines available. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Not a problem. And I'm really happy to be here and I can't wait to listen to the whole series on your podcast. Thanks again. Take care. Thanks.